what will you have? You are now tuned in to the podcast race. We just sat back and ready to play. Let me take your thoughts far, far away. Now let's hear what Darnetta has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. What's up, fellow Star Wars fans? How is everyone doing today? I hope everyone is doing well. Nothing really new on my side of the galaxy. Same old stuff, you know, work, life. But today we're gonna cover chapter 10 of Revan. And out of all the chapters that we have covered, this one is the best. So much action, and it starts right out the gate. So let's get to the quote of the day so we can get to the chapter. And our quote comes from Robert Frost. He said he could sum up life in three words. It goes on. Your situation can't stop the world from turning. A quick true story. A couple of months ago, I sprained my ankle at work. I'm walking into work with a limp, all my co-workers keep asking me why I didn't take some time off and let it heal. I told them plainly, my bills don't care if my ankle is sprained. They are coming regardless. That's the way life is. That's one thing that you can count on. If you got bills, they are coming regardless of your situation. If you're sick, hurt, or just don't feel like working, they're still going to come. So you got to keep working. Okay, enough about all that. Let's get to this chapter. And I am so excited. So I'm shutting up right now. I really am. So here we go. Scourge had been waiting inside the cave on Boss Therda for nearly an hour when he finally heard the faint sound of a speeder landing outside. A few minutes later, he heard footsteps coming down the passage. He smiled. Unlike his previous missions for Nyrus, this time he was not plagued with doubts and uncertainties. The anticipation of the coming kill kept him well focused on the task at hand. As expected, Darth Zedrix hadn't come alone. A pair of Sith acolytes, humans, one male, one female, preceded him, striding into the cave, lightsabers drawn. They wore light armor under robes of blue and gold, the colors of their liege. The circular cavern was only ten meters in diameter and dark. The only illumination came from their blades and the glowing fungus that clung to the rough rock walls. Scourge crouched in the shadows, wrapped in a cloak of the dark side that both made him invisible to the Force and helped to ward off the chill of the subterranean air. He remained motionless as the pair passed within a few meters of his hiding place, patiently waiting. Darth Zedrix trailed his escort by several paces. Unlike his acolytes, he had not drawn his weapon, and he wore no visible armor beneath his robes. He was several centimeters taller than Scourge, but much thinner. He had thick, shoulder-length white hair, but no beard. His face was lined, though not as extensively or deeply as Nyrus's, and there was a hint of a stoop to his shoulders and a cautious frailty about the way he moved. His appearance recalled Nyrus's words. He is human. They are a lesser species. Over the decades, the dark side has exacted too great a toll on his body. He is a hollow shell of what he once was. Yet Scourge could sense the Counselor's enormous power. Darth Zedrix was still a member of the Dark Council, and underestimating him would be a fatal mistake. The moment the tall human passed Scourge's hiding place, Scourge leapt, igniting his lightsaber as he flew through the air. For a moment, he thought his first strike would find its mark, and he was almost disappointed at the thought of ending Zedrix's life so easily. But at the last instant, the human's own blade materialized, seemingly out of nowhere, to intercept the blow. They exchanged a quick flurry of thrusts and parries. Scourge tried and failed to draw on his foe's fear and anger. Zedrix was too controlled, and it felt more like fighting a droid. Scourge forcibly thrust his own fears away and reached deep inside himself to find the fury he needed. 
he had maneuvered himself so that he was behind Cedric's, blocking the passage that was the only route into and out of the cave. The two acolytes had already spun around and rushed in to join the fray, and he prepared himself to deal with them, too. But suddenly, he had only those two to deal with, as Zedric's backed away. He seemed to be more obsessed with preserving his own life than killing his enemy, a weakness that left him content to let his two underlings face this unknown foe while he stayed at a safe distance. The two apprentices launched themselves at Scourge, unleashing their rage as they drew on the power of the dark side, unaware that their anger was feeding their opponent as well. The female came in high, her lightsaber slashing at Scourge's head. At the same time, the human male came in low, looking to chop at his enemy's legs. Scourge ducked under the woman's blows, spinning to the side as he parried the lightsaber at his knees. The pair came at him again, once more coordinating their attacks, this time trying to flank him on either side. Scourge lunged forward, splitting the attack by diving into a forward roll that took him between his two opponents. For an instant, he was vulnerable. One quick cut from either foe could have ended his life. But they were inexperienced, and they hadn't expected him to move toward them. By the time the woman reacted with a backhand swipe of her weapon, the moment had been lost. The lightsaber hummed by his cheek as he tumbled between them, but he emerged unscathed. The man was slower to react. By the time Scourge was back on his feet, the acolyte was only just starting to turn around. The Sith Lord delivered a quick kick to the back of the man's knee. The man pinwheeled his arms as he fought to regain his balance. Scourge saw the opening and delivered what would have been a lethal blow had the woman not thrown herself between them and parried the blow. Her move was reckless and foolhardy, but Scourge hadn't been expecting it, and her impulsive reaction saved her companion. It also exposed her weakness. The female was the more dangerous opponent, but she obviously cared for her partner. She was willing to put herself in harm's way to defend him. A flaw Scourge could easily exploit. He abruptly changed tactics, shifting from the conventional defensive positions of the Sorosu form to the acrobatic attack sequences of Ataru. Taking two quick steps to gain speed, Scourge leapt at the nearby cavern wall, planted both feet on its vertical surface, then pushed off hard to launch himself into a spinning flip over the man's head. His opponent tried to turn and pivot to keep Scourge in front of him, but the furious burst of action was too fast for his lightsaber to track. He was late bringing his blade up to protect his head, once again exposing himself to a lethal strike. This time, when the woman moved in to protect her partner, Scourge was ready. He had purposefully directed his leap so that he came in at a sharper angle than necessary, leaving barely enough room for the female to come between him and his supposed target. When Scourge suddenly redirected his blade mid-leap to strike at her instead, she instinctively stepped back to absorb the impact with her own weapon. But with her partner crowded directly behind her, there was no room. Their bodies collided, and their feet tangled together, sending both of them crashing awkwardly to the ground. Scourge landed beside their prone forms. He brought his heavy boot crashing down on his fallen foe's face, relishing the wet crunch of cartilage and bone beneath his heel. Her body spasmed, the muscles locked in the seizures of her death throes. Okay, 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 we gotta stop right here and cover this. We'll go over everything else, but we gotta talk about that. Scourge didn't even use his lightsaber to kill her. He stomped her face in. And the way it is described is so gruesome. The sound of wet bone crunching beneath his boot. It just sounds like some of the most painful thing that anyone could ever endure. Ugh. And the sound effects just made you just quench. It just made your whole body go, ugh. Okay, let's get to the chapter as a whole. Scourge is hiding in the cave waiting for his adversary to enter. Zedric and his two apprentices walk into the cave. Scourge waits for them to pass by. The two apprentices are ahead of Zedric's. 
leaving his back exposed for the attack. Suddenly, Scourge jumped out and goes to strike Zedrix. But right before he strikes, Zedrix's lightsaber comes on and blocks the hit. Scourge and Zedrix exchange a flurry of strikes and blocks. Then Zedrix's two apprentices join the engagement. As they start to battle with Scourge, Zedrix backs off and watches from a distance. So basically, Zedrix is waiting for Scourge to get killed or kill his two apprentices. Either way, Scourge will get tired and be defeated or be easily defeated. Just my thoughts. As they battle, Scourge realizes that the female apprentice is favoring the male. So he exploits this. He attacks the male, but at the last minute, turns to the female, causing them to fall over each other. Then like we discussed earlier, he kills the girl. And that's where we left off. So let's get back to see what else happens. The man had scrambled to his feet, but instead of throwing himself at Scourge, he only stared at the woman's twitching corpse. Scourge could taste his horror and fear. They gave him a fresh burst of energy. He lashed out with the force, striking the man in the chest hard enough to send him stumbling backwards several steps into the cavern wall. The man struck the rough-hewn rock hard enough to knock the lightsaber from his hand, leaving him unarmed. With a casual flick of his wrist, Scourge sent his own lightsaber spiraling toward his defenseless foe. At the last second, the man threw up his hands in a vain effort to protect himself, but the glowing blade easily sliced through his palms and throat before ricocheting back to Scourge's waiting grasp. As the human's corpse crumpled to the ground, Scourge was already turning to face his last remaining foe. Darth Zedrix was standing motionless in the center of the cavern, watching the action with a cool, detached reserve. His lightsaber was still drawn, but he held it casually at his side. The blade pointed toward the floor. I know you, he said, his voice echoing off the chamber's stone walls. Nyrus's new pet, Lord Scourge. He wrinkled his features in distaste. Why do you purebloods always choose such ludicrous names for yourselves? Do you think it's intimidating? Scourge didn't reply. Instead, he raised his blade and began a slow, cautious advance. Zedrix laughed. <laughs> Are you really that stupid, Scourge? Has Nyrus actually convinced you that you have the strength to stand against a member of the Dark Council? Has she promised you riches and power if you defeat me? She didn't need to promise me anything, Scourge answered. You're a traitor to the Empire. It is my honor and duty to kill you. Ah, now I understand, Zedric said with a smile, twirling his lightsaber at his side. She played on your loyalty to our glorious Emperor. How quaint. Scourge stopped suddenly aware that he didn't feel any fear emanating from his foe. There was no anger either. He didn't get any sense of emotion coming from Darth Cedric's at all, and he realized the old man was consciously shielding himself from Scourge's awareness. Scourge concentrated his focus, reaching out with the force to pierce the veil Cedric's had wrapped around himself, only to find nothing but a swirling maelstrom of dark side energy. Scourge broke into a run, charging at his enemy the instant he understood the nature of the trap. Zedrix had kept him talking while he gathered his power for a single lethal attack. Zedrix raised his left hand and unleashed his power in a storm of purple lightning. Scourge instinctively used the force to throw up an invisible barrier to shield himself. The bolts arced through the air, rippling through the shield to engulf Scourge in electric agony. He screamed, his voice rising above the hiss and crackle of the fiery energy coursing through his veins. 
every nerve in his body exploded in excruciating pain as the lightning seared his flesh, cooking him in his own armor. He fell to the floor, curled into himself. His skin blistered and burned. The whole thing had taken only a few seconds. You didn't realize Nyris sent you here to die, did you? Zedrix mocked. She never expected you to kill me. You were nothing but a message, a warning. Ignoring the terrible pain, Scourge somehow forced himself to his feet. Cedrix raised an eyebrow in mild surprise. Is that what you call the attempts on her life? Scourge gasped. A warning? Cedrix laughed again. <laughs> You think I'm the one who hired those inept assassins? Nyris has you twisted in knots. She's using you for a game far beyond anything you can imagine. Scourge shook his head, trying as much to shake off the residual effects of the lightning as to deny Cedric's words. You feel your strength returning, do you? Cedric observed. Think carefully before you challenge me again. I might not let you live next time. Why did you let me live? Scourge wanted to know. You have potential, Zedric said. And thanks to you, I have need of some new apprentices. I could find a use for someone with your talents. You want me to betray Nyris? What do you owe her? Zedric demanded. She used you. She sent you here to die, just to make a point. Scourge didn't answer. Instead, he was thinking back on everything that had happened since he'd first entered Nyrus's surface. Nyrus had admitted to hiring the mercenaries to test him, but even after that, he'd still suspected Setchel of plotting to kill him. Had the conniving advisor merely been following Nyrus's orders all along? Nyrus betrayed you. Swear loyalty to me. And I promise you the chance for revenge. Let me pause this episode real quick and invite you to be a partner of this show. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help sustain this podcast. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding podcast on your playlist. And to show our gratitude, we will give you a shout out on our mid-series show that we do in the middle of every series and let everyone know how much we appreciate you. You will also be entered into all future giveaways. So all you have to do is go to the show notes and click the listener support link. Now let's get back to the show. Everything Cedric said made perfect sense. But on some deep primal level, Scourge felt he was being twisted and manipulated. The old human's words seemed to slither into the cracks and crevices of Scourge's mind, burrowing into his thoughts. No, his mind screamed in silent protest. It's a trick. But was it? Iris had convinced him he could kill Darth Cedrix, but a single burst of dark side lightning had nearly killed him instead. The only reason he was still alive was because Darth Cedrix was toying with him. What if he's not toying with me? Scourge suddenly wondered. What if he tried to kill me but failed? Nyrus had said that Zedrix was old and frail. She'd claimed the Force had ravaged his body. She'd said he'd only held on to his power through reputation and cunning. What if he was relying on those same tools right now? Scourge reached out with the Force again, trying once more to catch a glimpse beneath Zedrix's veil. To his surprise, 
he sensed something this time. Fear. Desperation. And almost no trace of the dark side burning inside his enemy. All the pieces clicked into place. Nyrus was right. Zedrich was a shell of what he had once been. The entire time Scourge had been battling the two apprentices, Zedrix had been gathering his strength for a single surprise attack. When his apprentices fell, he'd stalled for even more time by taunting Scourge, and he still hadn't been able to gather enough power to kill his enemy. The Blast of Lightning had taken everything the old man had in reserve. In Zedrix, the flame of the dark side had become the faintest flicker. When he saw that Scourge had survived, he'd realized his only chance of survival was to trick him into switching sides. He'd tried to use the faint echo of the Force to dominate Scourge's mind, augmenting it with persuasive words in a form of temporary hypnosis. But he lacked the strength even for that desperate gambit. The brilliant bluff had almost worked. Your words are hollow, Zedrix. Just like your power... Scourge marched forward with grim determination. Zedrix brought his lightsaber up, but Scourge used his own blade to slap it aside with ease. The strength of the blow sent the weapon tumbling from the old man's frail grasp, the blade extinguishing as the hilt clattered onto the stone at their feet. Zedrix staggered backward. He no longer pretended power. He looked desperate and afraid. Please, Lord Scourge, I'll give you anything you want. Slaves, wealth, power... Power? Skirt snorted in contempt. You can't give what isn't yours. He slashed his blade diagonally across Cedric's chest, slicing him from shoulder to hip. The old man gasped once before falling over backward, his eyes frozen wide in horror, seeming to stare up at the stalactites growing from the cavern ceiling. Knowing that Nyrus would want proof of his death, Scourge reached down and grasped a fistful of the old man's hair with his free hand. Then he slowly drew his lightsaber across the Dark Counselor's throat, the glowing blade cauterizing the wound as he neatly severed the head. He left the rest of the body, along with the corpses of the two apprentices, in the cave as he trudged back up the passage leading to the surface. As he walked, he couldn't help dwelling on Zedrix's warning about Nyrus. Much of what the old man had said to him had been lies, but the best lies were always built on layers of truth. It was entirely possible that she was using him. At the very least, he could assume she was keeping secrets from him. Confronting her directly would be a waste of time. Fortunately, there were other ways to get information. Despite the possible consequences, Scourge decided it was finally time for his private talk with Setchel. Okay, so Scourge slams the male apprentice against the wall, knocking his lightsaber from his hand. Scourge throws his own lightsaber, killing him. Then he turns to Zedrix and advances. As he approaches, Zedrix starts to talk to him, asking him dumb stuff like why pure bloods always take a crazy name. I was wondering the same thing, but you know, that's a whole different subject. Then Zedrix hits him with some force lightning, cooking Scourge in his own armor. When Scourge finally goes down, Zedric stops. Then Zedric says, Did you really think you could just walk in here and just kill a member of the Dark Council? Scourge is really like, why is this dude talking to me? He is wondering why he didn't just kill him. After a few moments, Scourge realizes that Zedric is stalling for time. Scourge uses the force to probe Zedric and only senses fear. Scourge advances and cuts him down. Knowing that Nyrus is going to want proof, he cuts Zedric's head off. Once again, the way they explain this is like, wow. 
He grabs a handful of hair and takes his lightsaber across his throat, cauterizing the wound as he goes. This is very graphic. Like I said, I'm trying to keep this kid friendly, but I didn't write the book, so what can I do? But while Scourge is leaving the cave, he thinks to himself, is Nyra's using him? He knows it's about that time to have that private talk with Central. And that's where we end this chapter. You'll have to tune in next week to find out what's to come. And remember, keep your eyes on the sky. We would like to personally say thank you for joining us on today's show. Please give us a review on whatever platform you are using to hear this podcast. And don't forget to share it for all your friends to hear. If you have any questions or concerns regarding the content of this show, please contact us at sway.audio at gmail.com. That's S-W-A-A dot A-U-D-I-O at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We would like to take this time to thank our supporters and sponsors. Your contributions allow this podcast to be possible. And until next time, may the force be with you.